Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. It's more likely to be the wife who says it. I feel lonely. The husband might reply, what do you mean you feel lonely? We're together all the time. No, no, we're in the same house all the time or in the same room, but we're not really together because there's not really any conversation taking place. It's like we live more as roommates than we do as people who were once lovers. Is there a solution for that? Can you actually get to the point where that life is not so busy and you can actually have time to communicate with each other? Well, believe it or not, there is. And is there a method to do that without having to work through some deep psychological stuff? Absolutely. And we'll teach you how in the next couple of minutes. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean with Marriage Helper. This is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. And Kimberly, you look like you've been tired, been working hard lately, huh? We've been Well, yes, but even just today, I mean, we batch record these, right? And so you and I have been talking about relationship stuff for infinity. (laughs) (laughs) And beyond. And beyond. (laughs) So, yeah, we, yes, yes, good stuff, good stuff. And today, or for this episode, we're talking about how to reconnect when you feel disconnected from each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then maybe our subheading would be try disconnecting from your phone Mm -hmm. if you want to connect to each other. Let me put it this way. Typically, if, and again, let's say it's the wife who's saying, I need you to talk to me. I need you to spend more time with me. Quite often, the response they'll get to that is the husband, and it could be reversed, you know, but typically it would be the husband who would then be responding by talking about his negative goodness. What I mean by that is, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? I don't run around with women. I don't get drunk. I'm not gambling our money away. You should be happy. Mm -hmm. And we teach people all the time. It's important not to do the things that would destroy your relationship. So it's good that you're not running around with somebody, that you're not getting drunk, that you're not gambling the money away. Those are good things. And so don't do them because they will destroy a relationship. But not doing them doesn't build a relationship. Mm -hmm. Not doing them keeps from destroying it, but not doing them doesn't build a relationship, which means that there are certain things you need to do. Mm -hmm. So Kimberly, you're a woman. We've noticed that. So let's ask this (laughs) question to begin with. Why do you think that men and women particularly sometimes have so little to talk about with each other, particularly if they've been married for a while? Yeah. Well, if you're not really intentional, if, if you're not really intentional about continuing to learn and be curious about your spouse the way that you were when you were dating, then you do lose things to talk about because you both become ingrained in your own day-to-day. In a typical kind of scenario, the husband may just focus on going to work, coming home, you know, getting to bed while the wife is taking care of the kids and so on and so forth. And so you start living in separate silos of life. And if you're not intentionally connecting and finding things to to connect about and to do that are unique with each other, then you get habituated. You get stuck in a rut, stuck in the day-to-day. I was at a, a party several months ago and I had two couple, there were two other couples 
in the same room as me. And I heard the wives, they were both frustrated at their husbands who were both in the room as well. And both of them were saying, you know, you come home, you're like, you work so late. And when you do finally get home, you're on your phone the whole time. And why, why can't you just put it down? Why can't you just stop working? And both of them kind of looked at me knowing. <laughs> like you were going to fix this for them, right? And so I'm yeah. standing there. They both look at me and I just said, I am a safe space to listen to what you <laughs> are venting and frustrating. But in my mind, I'm thinking I get where actually both the wives and the husbands were coming from. I knew a little bit more about both situations, but you know, the the wives had been alone all day. And when their husband comes home, they want time with him. But the wives were not communicating in such a way where their husbands necessarily could hear what they were really saying, because all it sounded like was attacking, complaining, grumbling. And so you you have to approach the situation as like, okay, there's needs that need to be met on both people's sides. Mm-hmm. So how do you disconnect from the things that are distracting you and intentionally connect with each other in order to build better? Okay. So one point here then is this. Uh, the way to get a spouse to talk to you does not start with telling them that you're unhappy about the fact they're not talking to you. Right. Because as soon as you start from that standpoint, it comes across as a negative. Like, you never talked to me. Talk to me. And now the other spouse, whether it's the wife or the husband, sitting there thinking, about what? <laughs> you just attacked me. I'm not prepared for this. And so if you really want to entice your spouse to have a conversation with you, then make sure you're doing it at a time when they're not really busy doing something else. Now, understand that busy doing something else might not be what you think is important, but it could be important to the spouse. So let's say uh, he is a big fan of Ohio State University football, and the Ohio State University is playing Michigan on television, which is the big game of the year. And you think, (laughs) now is the time we want to talk. And he's thinking, but you don't understand how important this is to me. Or... If, if she's actually in the middle of a chapter of a book that's intriguing to her and he thinks, okay, the time to talk is right now when she's really got her focus someplace else, it will not just be because I'm ready. It needs to be there's a reasonable time now for us to talk. And the best way is not to attack, mm-hmm. but to ask a question. Mm. Open-ended questions are the way to start conversations. Yeah. Now, Non-thre- non-threatening <laughs> open-ended questions. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So, I mean, asking the open-ended question of, do you still love me and why are you not talking to me anymore? Those are open-ended questions, but they are kind of threatening. There's a there's a defense that's probably going to go up on the husband's end if a wife were to ask that question or vice versa. Although some women might love if it's like, what's what's been standing between you and I? <laughs> yes, let's go deep into that right now. Would love to do that. But yeah, so something more non-threatening. A, a great one to start is, how has life been for you lately? What What's stressing you out at work? What's been going well? What's been going on at home? And just start to get an understanding of what their life is like right now if you don't really know. Okay. And it can even be more situational. So, for example, if the wife is in the middle of that chapter and she finally finishes it and, and puts the book down, mm-hmm. he can look at her and say, I, I can see that you're really into that book. Can you tell me about it? And now she's talking about something of interest to him or to her. And and if he watched the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game and it's over, if she were to say, 
You know, I didn't understand some of the things that can happen. Can you kind of restructure that mm-hmm. and help me understand it? Mm-hmm. That's the intellectual part of pies. So for those for those of you who know about the term pies, it's what we talk about in terms of attraction, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And when we want to attract our spouse to us in e- all four of those ways, one of those ways is intellectual. And we say it's about connecting about things that that you know that they enjoy, that they know you enjoy, finding things that you share in common. And so asking the questions about like the Ohio State game, right? As a as a woman, I know nothing about football. My husband doesn't watch football, but if he did, then a great way if he's involved in that, if he's watching that, then for me to ask that question, he's going to find me more than likely more Im- intellectually attractive because we will then share a common knowledge base. And he's going to enjoy explaining to me Mm-hmm. The thing that he understands and loves as so well. So in your case, it might be something like the Renaissance Fair. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, and you could ask him. Or uh, more recently, like war and political, like global politics, global right? Politics. If I can just ask questions about global politics. Let's go back to the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, what kind of costume are you going to wear this year? Why did you pick that? Why is that of interest to you? Yeah. Not, not in a play like, what, what? But like just general conversation. Mm-hmm. So why is it, do you think? That we tend to be more drawn to that phone mm. than to interacting with our spouse. Dopamine. Dopamine in what sense? In the sense that, as we said in a previous episode, dopamine is the anticipation anticipation chemical. So it's what is waiting for me on the other side of that. And I would even say, I would say it's about anticipation of attention and connection. So if there's someone or something, like if there's a possibility someone's messaged me on Instagram or there's an email on my account, then there's someone who needs me. They want my time. They want my attention right now. And I want to be wanted as a person. So that's why a phone has such an allure because it's unendless possibilities of what's on the other side of that, especially if you're not getting that in your relationship. But if you're in a home environment where your kids are not just draining you, asking you questions, but actually like, mommy, daddy, you know, tell me, help me with this. Can we build something together? If you're getting positive interaction from them or from your spouse, hey, tell me about your day. Tell me about what you just read. Then you're getting that attention and affection from someone in your real life, which is what what you want. And while it may not be the same dopamine spike, you're actually including, in some instances, oxytocin into it, which is a bonding chemical, especially if you do things that through touch and things like that, um, you know, cuddling on the couch while watching movies together, something like that. And that helps you to want to actually crave that more than the phone. Okay. And so for a person like me, I'm constantly wanting to learn something new. Mm -hmm. So on my phone, I'm reading articles. I'm looking at the news. I'm seeing what's happening in in other countries because I always want to learn, learn, learn. So I'm being stimulated by that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so if Alice wanted to change the conversation to, uh, you know, Christmas dinner is coming up. I wonder what I should cook for Christmas dinner. There's no comparison to my brain Mm -hmm. about the stimulation of learning Mm -hmm. And talking about what are we going to have for dinner on Christmas Day. And so one thing you might want to think about then is this. If you're going to be asking the open-ended questions, think of what's important to the other person. What does he or she like? So you can ask him, what have you learned today? I found this interesting thing here. Because now it's still in terms of them. And if you say, well, I don't know if I can always know what's of interest to the other person. Mm -hmm. Here's another recommendation we have. Something we recommend you do every so often. 
uh, turn off the television, turn off the phones, turn off the children, turn off everything. <laughs> and then and and say, okay, this is our story time. Each one of us is going to take up 10 to 15 minutes to tell a story from our childhood. Now, here's the deal. Pick a story that you think influences the way you think, act, feel, or believe today. And, and I want you to see it in your mind and describe it to me as you tell me the story. And so sometimes they'll tell it in three minutes, sometimes eight minutes, sometimes 12 minutes. But, and then you do the same. And then you can talk about, hmm, I wonder how that influenced the way that you think. What do you think? And, and, and here's where I've seen it that I think I can see now why I understand why you think or act the way you do because of that story. You can actually begin to do some very great learning about each other. And if you think, we've been married 20 years, we already know everything about each other, I'll guarantee you, you do not. Well, we've been married 70 years, we know everything about each other. Well, you've forgotten a lot of it. Plus... Plus, you never completely know another person. And so you can actually have conversations if you don't know what, well, should I talk about this, that, or the other under intellectual attraction? You can talk about, let's talk about life. How have things in your life influenced who you are today? So pick a story, and then I'll listen. I won't give you advice. (laughs) I won't say, why did you do that? I'll listen, and we'll talk about that. Then I'll tell you a story from my life. And if you do that even once a month, it's amazing how often you will have really deep and involved conversations with each other. It's all about learning. It's not the fact that I need to demand that you pay attention to me. It's that, and this is going to sound terrible, Kimberly, so correct me if it sounds too bad. I need to earn your attention by talking about something that you would have at least some interest in rather than you sitting there. So if Rob wanted to talk to me about global politics, politics. I would lose it. He'd be like, <laughs> I would not be a good conversationalist with him when it comes to that because it, I don't know that much about it, etc. But if he wanted to talk about the skill of writing because he's an excellent writer, I'd be right into that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's a matter of understanding what's important to the other person. In that sense, earning the attention you get. Is that mm-hmm. too harsh? Is that putting too much responsibility on me? No, I think it's appropriate, but it's also a give and take. Yes. Right. So was it last night? It was either last night or the night before Rob comes downstairs and he, before he came down, he said, I need you to act like you care about what I'm about to show you. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, okay, I understand my mission at this point. And he comes down and brings uh, this like helmet type thing that he has created. And it was actually pretty cool. Like he was explaining to me what he had put on it and how it worked and all of these aspects. And uh, I already knew my marching orders were care, like act like I care. So I just asked some questions. It was what, 10, 15 minutes, but he really appreciated, like he was excited to show this, like a little kid, like, look what I made. So Mm -hmm. he was excited to show this thing. And Mm -hmm. so we talked about it. It was actually really cool. Um, But just like he needed to do that for him in that moment, I also have needs like that in moments of myself as well, right? And so even being able to just say to your spouse, I need you to listen and let's just connect about this for a minute Mm -hmm. and then talk about it, Mm -hmm. right? So both of us have those needs and we need to be able to communicate that to each other. So it's not just, it is partly about earning it, but also it's about realizing your spouse is going to need it as mm-hmm. much as you need it. Right, right. So we recommend you avoid the triggers like we need to talk. 
I don't yeah. care. If you start with that, the other person is going to be going, oh, crap, what's gone wrong now? But you can say, hey, I need you to care about what I'm about to tell you. It's a different way to approach that. Yeah. Although I will say, I've tried to do a little experiment about saying we need to talk knowing that it's a good thing we need to talk about. So I'm trying to see if I can like Pavlovian experiment <laughs> away from the, the bad association with that word. And I think it's going pretty well. But I never, I always say it when there's something positive we need to talk about. That's actually pretty smart. See? <laughs> so, so Rob has become your dog because Pavlov worked with that, the dog. Yes, but that may be what is too harsh to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Hopefully you gained something from this. could be worthwhile. We'll talk about this a little bit in the next episode about, well, what happens if one of them is always at work? like my husband and wife, and working too much. How do we work that into what we just talked about? That's on the next episode. But before that. Yes. Before that. If you and your spouse feel completely disconnected and you're saying, I hear what y'all have been talking about, but it feels like a very wide chasm for us to be able to even across this and be able to talk to each other well at this point, then our three-day couples workshop is exactly what you and your spouse need. You can find out more about that by going to marriagehelper.com slash workshop. Thank you for being on this episode of Relationship Radio. And we look forward to talking about, well, what about if work is intruding in a marriage? On the very next episode, see you then. <laughs>